1: there's been a lot of there's
0: been a
1: lot of discussion about the future of the players, whether they're under contract or not. Do you feel like you will be back here next year at all? Me? Yeah. yeah. I mean, watch the film. Um, but for me, I'm gonna keep battling, keep grinding. But the guys that that, that know football and know our scheme and watch film, um I don't have to speak on, I don't have to, I don't have to speak on myself. It's all love.
0: Breaking news from The Athletic.
1: This
2: breaking news segment is presented by TV Stream. Get the best of live and on demand with TV Stream. Learn more at directtv.com. Okay, a little Cowboys breaking news off the top of the episode here. Jalen Smith has been released. We actually did a full Giants preview, which you can hear following this little Jalen Smith conversation. But we've got John and KT here to uh, react to this beforehand for you because um, this is a little bit shocking, I guess, for it to occur at 9 p.m. on a Tuesday, as we were recalling off the air before we got on here. It's just uh, it's crazy timing, John.
3: Yeah, it really is. Um, I will say my initial thoughts were, though, that um, I wonder how much Keanu Neal going on reserve COVID impacted this not maybe happening earlier. I wonder if him going on that COVID reserve list for two weeks is what kind of delayed this move. And now we were told yesterday by Mike McCarthy that Keanu Neal is supposed to return this week. And I feel like this almost like opens the door because if Keanu Neal wasn't going to be back, why would you not wait a little bit longer uh, but this certainly seems like one of those things where uh, they're ready to move on and they didn't want to risk the chance of him getting injured and then him being locked into 2022. Because uh, let's be honest, if you watch these games, he's he's not a good player. He's not a player that, that should be on the field all the time. I, I mean, I, I know that people can throw out his tackle numbers from previous seasons that he just he's not a good player right now. The Cowboys are a better team when he's not on the field.
1: Yeah, no, there's, there's no hiding that. And I think you might be able to maybe convince yourself, well, in this uh, decreased role that he's maybe been exposed less uh, because he's playing 20 snaps a game. The point is, you cannot take the chance of having him on the hook for $9 million next year because of the injury clause in his contract. Anything, anything KT, that happens. KT,
3: what do you think? He, what do you think he was doing well this season?
1: Oh, oh to me not much just not getting clearly exposed like not getting cuz cuz when you're not playing that much you're not you're not getting targeted i mean every offensive coordinator is going to clearly put, point out we need to attack jalen smith when he's on the field when well, he's not on the field very often i mean it's very and i don't have the the data in front of me but it's felt like through these first four games, you would see him more on the first couple series, and then you really wouldn't see him that much throughout the game. You wouldn't see him a lot in the second half, that's for sure. So, I mean, I, I don't, you know, I don't, the thing, because you see when you watch Jalen play, you, everyone's faster than him, and that's that's the big thing for me. Uh, here, you, here, I have a, that's have what a sta- you can't have.
3: I have a stat for you. Um. You and I agree with you. He hasn't been on the, on the field nearly as much as he's been in the past. Uh. Let's see, here we go. Pro Football Reference advanced stats. He's been targeted ten times in pass coverage. Uh, nine of those passes have been completed for sixty-five yards. Oh. Qu- uh, one touchdown. Uh, opposing uh, quarterbacks passer rating against him,
1: one twenty-seven point one. It's not great. That's not good, man. Uh. Uh, there's. There, th- this I'm is fascinated really, by who's going to add him. No, no one. Yeah, I don't. I don't think. I don't think. I thought this was the only place that he would stay because there was a little bit of homegrown um, sentiment here from the from the ownership, uh, or maybe the front office. Uh, which I guess the ownership and front office kind of same thing here. Um, that's the only. That's the only reason I thought that would happen, and and the contract that happened. Well, we can talk about at the time. It didn't seem like a good idea at the time. Um, But then once you start talking about the injury clause that he has to where he's guaranteed $9 million if he gets hurt, I mean, you can't take that chance, dude. Because I don't know the specific language of the injury clause. That's the thing uh, probably not many people do, I would imagine. What does that language say? Season-ending injury? Uh, because if he comes up with any type of injury, you're like, ah, oh, crap, I got to pay this guy $9 million next year. It's better to just bite the bullet and pay a guy $7 million to not do his job because he's so bad at his job that you don't want him around anymore. And there's going to be a question that people ask about like locker room and intangibles and all that stuff. And I got to say, I think that's kind of an overblown thing. Um, I, I, I could be wrong, well, doesn't, but I feel like hold on? Uh,
3: doesn't this speak to that though? Doesn't this speak to that? Yeah. They're, they're, it's on, clear a this game, is, they're on a three game winning streak and all they've talked about over the past week, players and coach front office, whatever is about how good things are going. Like how the camaraderie with the team, if you thought that this was going to be a piece that just cracked the foundation, you'd be fine. eating $9 million next year. I don't think that they really think that it's like that there. Let's just say there was a recent uh, Cowboys game on TV and one of the announcers uh, said something about how important he was and how he was a team leader and all this stuff. And I just kind of was stunned at even hearing, I'm like, who told you that? Like, I, I just, I understand it sounds good. And, and that on the, and I'm not saying that there aren't guys that, that like him. I mean, certainly he's a likable guy. He's a nice guy. There's nothing against him, but like, I don't think that, yeah, players are probably shocked that it happened because of his status it's a young man's game. That locker room is not even close to the same locker room as two, three yeah. years ago. Players see contracts, probably think, "Oh, he's going to be here, whatever." But in terms of like his play on the field, like I find it hard to believe that the team's just like, "Oh my, how are we going to replace this production?" Like, I mean, I, I just I find it very hard to believe that that's the feeling behind the scenes.
1: Yeah, you're not cutting your defensive leader if, if things are going so well because he's not the defensive leader. Um, you know that clearly not this, anymore. And the way I think about this, obviously, we've got a. Uh, we know because we've covered the Cowboys, but it's almost like what happened with Jamie Collins with the Lions. They just cut him and the Patriots picked him up. Yeah, but it's, it just looks different because Jalen's 26. You, we should think about Jalen as a 35 year old linebacker because that's about what he plays like, you know, with his speed. He's just not fast. And I don't know how much of that's his fault, how much of it's the injury from college, all that stuff, whatever. point is. Not not good enough. Right. And, and, and and this is not James. By the way, the Cowboys didn't pick up the fifth year option on Leighton Vanderesh. Maybe not good enough. You know, oh, it's we'll very, see if they end up signing him next year. Maybe just not good enough to be around anymore.
3: To me, it's very clear that Dan Quinn has a large say in what goes on in yeah. personnel, whether it be the draft free agency or whatnot. And I mean, it's hard for me to sit there and not go back to uh, as I wrote on the athletic foot with our breaking news piece. It's hard for me not to go back to that last game uh, last year and, and in his post-game press conference when he was asked about if he'd be back in 2021, and he said, about watch watch the film. Well, Dan Quinn watched the film, and Dan Quinn went out and signed Keanu Neal, and then with their first draft pick, they took Micah Parsons. And when you saw him in training camp, you pretty much knew that Micah Parsons was going to start one of the linebacker spots, they are going to be a nickel most of the time, so there will only be one other starting linebacker, and Jalen Smith was not going to be that other starting linebacker. It was going to be Keanu O'Neill or Leighton Van Der Esch. Keanu Neal obviously won that job. And so Dan Quinn was ready to move on with what you know he wanted. And this right here, if Dan Quinn is like, I don't think we can operate without Jalen Smith, Jalen Smith will stay on the team for the rest of the season. They, they don't make this move. But he clearly has seen what he wants to out of what they have, and then it also brings me to makes me wonder – about how much this impacts how they feel about getting Jabril Cox on the field. Because keep in mind, there's a lot of people that thought, hey, why don't they go and get Richard Sherman? He's not going to cost very much. And Jerry said that they didn't want any progress stoppers to their younger players. And so now all of a sudden this opens up a window for Jabril Cox to play. And with what you've seen from their defensive youngsters up to this point, I don't think I'd mind to see what Jabril Cox has either.
1: usually when something like this happens this early in the season too, you can tell this is something that they probably thought about doing back in camp, right? I mean, I, I feel like this is a thing where I, let's see if he still got it one last chance type thing. And then you finally realize, look, he just can't help us anymore. He just can't help us. He is now a body. We've got the position covered. He can't help us bite the bullet now. I mean, I, there's not like some some deadline here, like play four games, and the Cowboys save a little bit of money right i mean they're they're eating seven million either way here, right
0: what so about
3: what about him changing jerseys paying all that money to change he's he's he'll always be in my number nine I, well, I know that Ken I mean he paid a decent <laughs> amount of money for that now he's still going to get paid for the rest of the season and that, but that was a when that happened that was a that was a pretty big deal i know I know Cowboys fans weren't exactly thrilled with that. And you don't make that move unless you think that you're going to be with a franchise for at least the entire season.
2: What if he, uh, He's, is he still uh, have to pay for those jerseys? Well, I'm sure. Yeah. Those, those number nines that don't get sold now. Well, the nines, he probably
3: doesn't, but the 54s he had
1: to. <laughs> As Des Bryant tweeted. I understand it's a business, but you don't mess with the team whenever everything is going right. And I think that's just the thing. I, I don't, I don't think there's going to be a guy. Like, surely he's uh, as you mentioned, he's got friends on the team, and everyone in the end, like, okay, you don't ever see this, a guy who's just jumping this has to have
2: sour. A no, there's two sides. Sour. Yeah, there's two sides. Every story. story. How do you there know has has that there was something in the locker room that, like, like okay, we need to get this guy out of here before, you know, I don't know how that. How is that locker room? I um, the the linebacker room, uh, John, like specifically the dynamic between Leighton Van Der Esch and Micah Parsons and Jalen Smith and the upper echelon of those guys, because I think that's what, you know, could have pushed maybe one of them out the door if, if things got testy, because you don't want to, I guess, mess with Micah's um, trajectory as a player.
3: Here's, here's my thing too, is for you to be a vocal leader and be a leader and be this guy that everyone rallies around you have to be making plays on the field. You can't just yes. be rah rah. I'm, I'm on the sidelines all the time. You have to make plays. Well, the guys that are making the plays, like Trayvon Diggs and Micah Parsons, mm-hmm. Osa Digizua. Like I don't, I don't see how the, those guys are just like, oh my, how are we gonna go forward without Jalen Smith? What are we doing? <laughs> I mean, Dan Quinn is right. who that these guys look towards. And 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 and, to be honest, like how do you not know that there wasn't something behind the scenes? You don't know that for sure right. that there wasn't like hey, man, this is starting to get out of control. And if he's going to play less and less, this could become an issue because that certainly would be the case. I mean, if Micah Parsons and uh, Keanu Neal are healthy, they're not coming off the field. They're they're not adding another linebacker spot so Jalen Smith can play. Like, those are your two linebackers, if you even have to. A lot of times you're in dime. So uh, if his playing time is going to be less and less, I don't know how much leadership you really have.
1: Just throwing this out there, because you're, I'm trying to cover all all tracks here. Uh, could be vaccine related. I was just like the Kyrie Irving thing's a big story. I doubt uh, that. I don't, I don't no, see that being an no no way there. no. Okay. I,
2: I I I I mean, I I wouldn't think so. I mean, that's certainly good. No. I'm not going to rule that completely. They out, couldn't
1: say that if it was
2: unless. Yeah,
1: there's that. But he, he's a complete. You know, liability and coverage—that's the whole thing. If the Cowboys are trying to trade him all day, obviously no one was going to trade for that, uh, for that contract as well, um, which comes into play a little bit in the salary cap. I, 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 I'm trying to be so like I do think it's a positive thing. It almost is like a sign of no more BS, and like we're serious about winning, then we can't have bad players getting this many snaps. And I'm sure they probably felt. I'm sure there are people on that defensive side, of uh, uh, defensive coaching staff, who felt like they have to let Jalen play 25 snaps a game or 20 snaps a game or whatever. Who are probably like, we don't, we really are better off not having him out there. And maybe that means, uh, obviously, Van Der Esch might play a little more um, because of that. As, I, to, but to me, it, I'm always trying to view it as like, this means they're like for real about winning now. I don't know, yeah, for like anybody that that thinks that
3: if anybody thinks that this is all of a sudden like, oh, this is just gonna there's this major crack in the foundation now everything's gonna topple. I will be stunned if that happens. Like I just don't see that happening at all. Like this, this isn't Dak getting hurt against the Giants and you lose them for the season. Like yeah. I just don't see that impact. Sorry, I, I just really don't. Like, and if there is anybody, and if there is and if, and if there is somebody over there it's going to be Micah Parsons and Trayvon Diggs because they're making all the plays. Like those are the guys that, yeah, if something happened with them, then yeah, I could see where it's like, man, you got a lot of good things going there with the way these guys are playing. Like, like I just keep, all I keep thinking in my head is I can't wait to see Jalen on another team and see how he plays. Like, because I don't think it's a scheme thing. I, I go back to like what KT said that like, I mean him overcoming that knee injury is miraculous in itself to even play in the NFL. But at the same time, there's clearly limitations there. And I know that he doesn't want to acknowledge those because if he did, he probably never would have even made it back in the NFL if he even acknowledged that there's limitations. I mean, part of his will and his personality is what got him back into the NFL and got him to get that contract and got him playing at a high level for for a season. Uh, But at the same time, it's about winning football games and putting your best players out there to make plays. And I just don't think that he's one of your best players. And if he insists that he needs to be out there because he's a team leader in that, and then it makes it awkward behind the scenes, then you got to move on. I'm not saying that that's what happened, but if that is the case, it certainly is understandable. And uh, there was a part of me that thought he might not have come back this season. Obviously, he still was on a lot on the contract, but I was really going to be surprised if he came back at the end of this season uh, for 2022. And so, with this move, obviously, that guarantees that that's not going to happen, but it just, it was not trending in a direction where you're like, oh, no, no, this is going to get better. This is going to get better. You just got to give it time. You're going to give it time. No, this was as, as good as it's going to get. And if your defense is going to continue to improve, like, like Dan Quinn, Jerry Jones, and others think that is going to happen with this defense, I don't see how that happens with Jalen Smith on the field.
2: Yeah. Go ahead, KT.
1: Well, no, no, no. I think you're right. I the only thing that I would say is just what if there was and I again and I I don't know what if there was like someone's like man th- th- what if this did catch some guys off guard I mean you know okay. players are like the most like rational guys at all times when it comes to this stuff what if it did catch some guys off guard does that change anything at all no probably, I don't think it not. Would
2: catch anyone off guard they've seen the gifts
1: they watched the film <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, you know they watched the film it, it, it's right. very obvious um, I, I I hope Jalen. I hope someone picks Jalen up and, and gives him a chance. God knows there's some teams that need some help at inside linebacker. I can tell you one: the New York Giants you play this week. Um, the Kansas City Chiefs are looking for linebacker help. Uh, I track a team pretty closely up north in Green Bay who could use some linebacker help, but I'm not sure. I mean, I, I, every team in the league also has tape on this guy as well. So maybe Man, he didn't
2: it, embrace his role quite. As well as they wanted him to, like in a Sean Lee like way, you know, when it's clear, it's like, well, it was pretty hey, clear he didn't
3: want to play in special want, teams. Wants
2: you to come off the bench, kind of a scenario, and he's like, "No, I don't want to be that guy." Then yeah. it's like, okay, I got you. Got to go.
3: He clearly had no interest in playing in special yeah. teams when he was asked about it. You know, leading into the season, you know, he said it was vet life that you know that he was a veteran player and that vet he was life. into it. Well, by the way, if you're not vet a starting, is a show on Animal Planet. By the way, Well, if, show. if you're not a starting linebacker. Then you're going to have to play some special teams. I mean, that's just the way it kind of works.
1: Oh, and he's 26, though. Let's not act like he's, you know, <laughs> you're not Derek Brooks, you know, <laughs> like <it's just> kinda, <laughs> this is kind of bu- an old Bucks reference for everyone. But, you know, Derek like, you know what I'm saying? A legend,
3: like, an absolute legend. Yeah. If you don't get that reference, I'm, I'm
1: saddened. Well, I sometimes I, I don't know if they're talking about Derek Brooks much on about them Bucks. Well, they should be He's a legend. <laughs> yeah, he absolutely is. That old defense was. Well, uh, the good news is our listeners can hear our Giants preview next, um, and which I don't think we mentioned Jalen once at all. So we've covered Jalen. You Jaylen. think Garrett will
2: vouch for Jalen and uh, bring him up to New York? Possibly. I think
1: somebody will I bring him you- in for a workout.
2: So they bring him in for a workout. You think after the workout they sign him?
3: I think he so plays he, for he, he, I, yeah. I think he's going to play for an NFL team this year. I don't think he's going to play for it well, but you think he plays for a John, team? Hot take.
2: He's going to play yeah. for an NFL team this year.
1: I actually don't think he'll get picked up.
2: I think the XFL for sure. Nah, if you're watching twenty twenty two guys. First round
1: pick, Jalen Smith. Somebody will kick overall. the tires on
3: him. They don't have to pay the salary. Somebody will kick the tires on yeah.
1: him. Yeah, but and. And you're right. Like there were going to be teams that like liked him coming out of the 2016 draft who were like, "Hey, we'll take him in the fifth round." Uh, you know, if we take a flyer on. Yeah, if it in doesn't the work out, round. we just cut him. Yeah, yeah. Say, so, yeah, you're probably right. But well, kind of out of nowhere, I would say, or a little out of nowhere, at least for me. Sure. Um, but hey, it's just, but it, the the shrewd thing by the Cowboys, you you run him out there for 20 plays. Anything happens, broken foot, whatever, and you have to deal with that injury clause the next year, and you owe him $9 million next year, that hurts. You cannot have that. I mean, I, look at that as $9 million you can play with in free agency now. And it seems it's going to be a little a little strapped for cash on the cap. So, kind of look at it that way. That's how I'm going to choose to look at it. Um, but, yeah, yeah. We we knew we're we I almost feel better for Jalen because it can only get worse with this perception with Cowboys fans. You know, it was just going to continue to be people you know making fun of him all the time, and he would act like he you know never knew that it <laughs> that it even happened, and maybe he might not because he really does kind of seem to have blinders on uh, to what's really happening. He's not the most self aware guy, at least at least in my opinion. But uh, Jalen Smith cut by the Dallas Cowboys. Closing thoughts, John? Anything? No, I think that pretty much wraps it up. Uh, I think the...
3: I don't know. I just... I think going back to what you said earlier about the whole, like, how this could impact the locker room, I just... I will be absolutely stunned if this has some negative impact on the locker room. Absolutely stunned. If the season just starts I going did, in a tailspin because not, of this, absolutely not, I yeah. will be... My mind will be blown. I'll be like, what have I even been watching? <laughs> like, I, I just... He's not that guy. You guys think I'm going
2: to get a refund on my uh, clear eye view stock that no. I bought? I bought like 9 million shares in clear eye view industries. Do uh, you think that was a good,
1: Oh no. You
2: get that money back.
1: Yeah. You're not going to get that no. money back. Yeah. Dang it. But he's in the I'm headlines gonna, now. Hey, so gotta, maybe a little gotta pop for my, a second. I
2: uh, got to call my, my financial advisor. Oh no. Um, but so we'll take a quick break and then, uh, yeah, Giants preview. We'll, d- we'll yeah. dive into that.
0: Cool. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply.
1: This is where we should lock it on the Giants for a minute. I, I watched uh, that game. You know, I had it on, you know, on, on the Red Zone channel the other day, but then I watched it this morning. And I still don't know what the Saints are. Um, I, I'm comfortable in saying that you can't get a read on the Saints off their COVID week. It can't get a read off the Saints based on that Green Bay game because you know they just controlled the ball the whole game and to the point where Green Bay was out of it before the game even really got going. They did um, show
3: you a great recipe, though, for, I mean, because you just get the feeling yeah. when you talk about 14, you talk about 16, you talk about Mike McCarthy being the coach there. I mean, it just, you know, the mojo has you thinking, oh, this is going to be Packers versus Cowboys. Mike McCarthy versus old team in the playoffs. Can he get him over the hump? And when you think about that, that is the blueprint, what the Saints showed you. Like put yeah. ag- put together some long drives against. I mean, let's be honest. That, that Packers defense isn't great. Put together some long drives. The key is keeping Aaron off the field. Like we've always known, um, but you feel like with this team, they can certainly accomplish that. And and I, and I when I say that too, I also mean that I think they could do it in January, in Green Bay. And I know some people might Absolutely. think that's crazy, but I think that they could do that and 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 manage the clock and and have some success up there, even even with it being 20 degrees mm-hmm. outside.
1: Oh, I absolutely 100% agree. The thing about that game, though, it was Saints 21-10. to We're middle of the fourth quarter. There was a time when I was like, okay, the Giants have to go for it here. And they ended up punting with about 10 minutes left right around there. And then they got a huge stop. And then they scored. They had a big explosive play to Saquon out of the backfield. And once they stopped playing, it's, and it almost feels like what we talked about with Seattle for all these years, once they stopped playing grinded-out football, churn first downs, keep the clock, try to get down, let's see if we can get three, and if we're lucky, we'll get seven. And once they started letting Daniel Jones rip it, like he did in that Washington game, in in which they lost in Week 2, that's when you see the Giants start to play better. They were without Sterling Sh- Shepard, without Darius Slayton, and they had contributions from everyone. John Ross, who they had just signed— can open up the field, take the top off the defense. It's the one thing he does, run in a straight line fast, touchdown. Um, Kadarius Tony, their fir- first-round pick, finally got him involved. He had six catches, um, and one was a huge play on third and 18 where he was able to, to fight and get a first down.
2: That's the first time this year I've heard the name Kadarius Toney after they drafted him, by the way.
1: Yeah, it's the first time they started <laughs> trying to get him The first time I've heard they
2: mentioned by anyone in the NFL this year.
1: And, and, and that's the whole thing is like, once it's, it's almost as if it feels like very Bears. Like, okay, we're going to stop letting Nagy call the plays and we're going to let um, uh, Bill Lazor call the play. It's almost like once get, they're put in a position where they were forced to play a gunslinger football and get aggressive, they were able to find holes in the Saints' defense. So it's just more evidence that Garrett might be killing them. Uh, and it's also a little more defense. I'll say this, what I've seen from Daniel Jones looked pretty good to me. Um, and I've watched him closely in that Thursday night game against Washington, and I watched him closely this morning when, as I was watching them play the Saints, Daniel Jones looks good. Like he looks like a pretty good player to me.
2: Yeah, I, I I have no problem with Daniel Jones or Saquon Barkley or really anybody on the Giants' offense. I just think they're missing that, really, that Odell Beckham Jr. I mean, you think if 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 he had stuck around a little bit longer, maybe. Maybe they'd be in a better position. They just haven't had had like super dynamic playmakers in the passing game. Uh, they have good receivers. Sterling Shepard, good receiver, you know. Um, guys like that are good, but they're not uh, Pro Bowl, all, all Pro caliber receivers like the Cowboys have. So um, I think that could help them. And then you got Jason Garrett. Yeah, um, we know how that goes. I don't need to go down that road. We can't. We can if if. Garrett gets fired this year. Maybe we'll go down that road or something and where they play them again. But um, yeah, I think the uh, giants are going to be dangerous here in a few years, if they can maybe get a few more playmakers on the, in the passing game and maybe get an offensive coordinator who can take advantage of their talent.
3: Well, there's no question that they're going to be feeling pretty good coming off of that win. Um, Saquon Barkley seems to be getting better uh, as the weeks go along the further he's, you know, goes gets past the knee injury, the more healthy he looks. It seems like he's making more of the typical big Saquon Barkley plays, and that's obviously scary for your defense. The other thing I wanted to point out, though, is for anybody that watched that first half of that Cowboys-Panthers game and you were pulling your hair out about all of Sam Darnold runs, like Daniel Jones can do that too. And so it's probably good from that respect that the Cowboys defense went against Sam Darnold. There's, there's obviously some things they need to clean up with the quarterback run and that they'll certainly be prepared for that uh, in this game against Daniel Jones because he's got some wheels. Uh, the one other thing that I think is interesting, too, about this matchup is uh, so Trayvon Diggs ends up being the 51st overall pick. Uh, you know, and, and at the time, we thought the Cowboys got a steal two years ago. We didn't think he was going to be to this level, but certainly thought he got a pretty good steal there. Yeah. I think I think we felt the same way after this, this year's draft at, at the 50th pick. When the Giants got Aziz ojalari and yep. he seemed like a real steal for them, and he's played pretty well. That at, was a KT uh,
2: round one um, possibility for Dallas. Like late, if they need a you know pass rush, if they're thinking of going pass rush, that was a that was yeah, a name. Yeah, they
1: are traded back to t- to twenty. Yeah, if they, they were trading back. If they were back.
2: Yep, yep.
3: And so he's been he's been good for them as well. He's probably their best edge rusher right now, even as a rookie. I believe he leads their team with. Three sacks? Yeah, he's got three sacks right now, two tackles for loss. Mm. Uh, he's definitely a guy to, to keep an eye on there, but it is interesting that you got these two young guys on defense that you didn't need a top-ten pick to get, and it seems like they're they're going to be uh, a pretty big impact on on the outcome of this game.
2: That's encouraging yeah. for the Cowboys' future of the draft, though. If they can hit late defensively in the draft, that's good. Well, because they've can, hit a receiver, you know, but if they can get pass rush help in the fourth round, you know, Think about Charles Tapper, you know, guys like that, that they thought they were going to have and just never
3: (laughs) played, basically. I mean, you could, I mean, Kenton, you can even count first round defensive talent. Yeah, exactly. If they can find more (laughs) Micah Parsons at 12, I mean, it's not like they've been just on this run of finding great defensive players in the first round. So just defensive players overall, anywhere you find them. Yeah, it feels like the depth of the defensive, especially a pass
2: rusher, just goes exponentially down the later you go in the draft.
3: I did like Jerry on the radio uh, this morning on 105.3 The Fan saying about uh, Micah Parsons that, you know, they didn't think that taking a linebacker at 12 was worth it. Like 12 is too high for a linebacker. They weren't going to take a linebacker at 12, but they took Micah Parsons there because they believe he was the best edge rusher and he got the most pressure out of any player in this draft. And so that's why they were willing to take him at 12, which he's, Jerry has said uh, right after the draft when they made that pick. But, you know, when he says it, you're just kind of like, yeah, I'll believe it when I see it. I think that you guys probably took him at 12 to play linebacker. We didn't know that he was going to be nearly this type of a chess piece. But, yeah, you want to go ahead and find more of those guys. You go ahead and take them in the first round as early as you want.
1: You know, watching um, that game, you know, we talked about Barkley being back, especially on that touchdown pass for 54 yards. Back there was like, okay, this is looking pretty fast. Maybe you can tell a little bit of his burst is, is gone or he's still trying to get that back. The thing that I did notice, though, it's the same. I don't, know, I don't like attaching Garrett to this, but he truly is the one calling the plays. It felt like watching an old Cowboys game at times. It's the hand the ball off on first down mm-hmm. a lot mm-hmm. uh, and get a couple establish yards to run.
2: Got to establish and, and, the and running it, game. Yep.
1: I'm so fascinated by their game plan.
3: You don't think that game plan will be the exact same thing against the Cowboys? That's exactly what he's going to try and do. He's going to try and it, keep Dak it, off the field, and they're going to try and put together these long drives, trying to establish Saquon. I mean, and, and if they're moving the ball, the Giants will have long drives. You know? I mean, you saw the—
1: That's you just saw, not the way for them and to they'll win. They'll kick
2: though. a field goal. But I'm, know, but, I, but I'm saying be like eight-minute character- drive, and it'll be three nothing at the it, with eight minutes left in the first quarter. That'll be
3: how it starts, or something. If they can do that, they'll win the game. Yeah, they will. They can win the game with that plan. It just—do you believe that they'll be able to sustain long drives no. that eat up clock? for a long period of time without turning the ball over. Like, I mean, it could happen. Don't get me wrong. I mean, like you, like you mentioned, Katie, that first game that you can throw out that Saints-Packers game to start the season. I mean, that's kind of an outlier. I mean, things can happen. I mean, it's still early in the year. Teams are still kind of finding out where they are and stuff like that. The game plan, I think, works. I just don't know that they're going to be able to execute it.
1: I, I just think their offense, and again, I haven't seen all 16 quarters of their offense this year. I've seen... Um, I've seen. Uh, probably. We'll say I watched half of the Washington, uh, New York game from week two. At least I remember about half of it. But I watched watching that game this morning, and there was a direct moment when they flipped the switch. Now, granted, that happens when it's twenty-one to ten, and there's eight minutes left in the game, and you've got the ball. But there's a direct moment they started t- trying to sling it around a little bit, and it's like, okay, well, here you are playing the same way that you played in week two, and you're moving the ball up and down the field. So. I think you're right. The strategy we know what their strategy will be—a classic Garrett strategy, keep Dak off the field, that type of thing. I don't think that's the most effective way for for the Giants to win the game. I don't think that's how they actually optimize and score the most amount of points. And I, I think I saw it. I don't know who. Well, how wrote do you think this. they do that, then?
3: You think them throwing it all all over the yard and they score twenty? It's play action. You don't think I, this Cowboys team will put thirty five on them if they play that way? I don't think they'll have any problem doing that. I don't think they want to play that way against this Cowboys offense. I think they want to keep this Cowboys offense on the sideline as long as possible. And I think that because I think that that's exactly what Jason – we've seen a decade of Jason Garrett doing that. That's what he's going to try and do.
2: I think they're going to try to do that. I just don't think that's going to be effective. It's one thing if you're Jason Garrett and you've got this Dallas Cowboys offensive line in 2017, Ezekiel Elliott, and that's your game plan. The Giants just don't have the horses on the offensive line for Saquon Barkley yet. And maybe they will next year, the year, a year later, right now, and they're better. They're getting better, but they're just not all pro. I mean, they're not a reliance going to dominate you, especially how dynamic Dallas is right now on the defensive line and how unpredictable they are. I, I just don't see that being the storyline of the first half of this game is like, gosh, they're, they're killing Dallas in the running game today. I just don't, I just can't picture that happening.
1: You know, Kenny Galladay is a really good player, but he's not the guy that scares me. The guy that scares me is Kadarius Toney. And if he gets like some ideal matchups in the slot against Jordan Lewis or maybe against a linebacker or things like that, because they are – ever since he complained on Instagram, it's almost like they're making a a concentrated effort to get him the ball. The thing about that – and this goes back to his scouting report out of the draft at Florida. His whole thing was you have to design plays to get him the ball. He was never like a natural – uh route running type of guy. It's like we almost have to have a specific package. That's what they did. There was a play in that game where they ran a trick play where they were uh tossed it to him a reverse pass and he ended up not throwing it uh into what would have been double coverage. Uh he ended up eating it. But like there there's going to be five to ten plays, I bet, that are ready to get him the ball and you gotta rally because he is a joystick and he's uh, he's tough to tackle. And then I think this is a, a good good time for I mean a good matchup for Trevon Diggs, like a little size match up there with Kenny Galladay, he was huge. It's a little different than going up against DJ Moore. Now it's not that different than going up against Robbie Anderson, who's a little, little to kind of the tall, skinny guy. But Kenny Galladay's a powerful player and a good at the point, you know, ball catcher. Uh, we've seen him, you know, his years in Detroit, and they started to kind of get him in the mix. And he's the guy who kind of had some beef with Garrett. So you know, maybe Garrett's kind of realizing that he's on the hot seat a little bit. Let's get Tony the ball. Let's get Galladay the ball. These are guys who have been complaining. And it becomes a necessity, I guess, when Slayton and Shepard are out and you get, don't have any other options. But, you know, for, for Saquon to only run the ball 12 or 13 times, I was a little surprised when I ended up looking at the box score. And I didn't think it would I, – I, I thought – you were know, watching the game, you would have thought Saquon carried the ball 20 times. And then I looked at the box score. I was like, oh, man, he only carried the ball 12 or 13 times. Wow. Wow. So yeah, their plan is is going to be evident when you watch him, though. Yeah, I agree with you on that. I think that's right. I totally disagree with it, though, personally. But hey, who cares?
3: Hopefully, that's the game plan. I'm still getting the feeling that they're trying to ease Saquon back into it because that he mm. hasn't really been that's getting true. the he hasn't been getting the the twenty uh, you know carry per game. Uh, hold on, I'll bring it up right now. Let's see. He's got sixteen is the most he's had. He had sixteen against Atlanta. In week two, uh, okay. 13, 13, and 10 in the other three games. I mean, now they are throwing it to him, you know, four or five times, but it's not the same. I don't think that they're – I don't think Jason Garrett's quite feeling about where Saquon's at like he felt about Zeke in 2016, where it's like, no, we'll give him 25 carries. Like, <laughs> no, we're I running think this dude to-
2: into the absolute ground. I guarantee you from the front office perspective in New York, though, all he's hearing is get Saquon the ball. I don't care what it takes. Give him the ball. Throw him the ball. Give him, let him run the ball, you know. So, I don't. Well, that, that should be a plan, Jason Garrett, like to absolutely just over abuse like the ability to run this guy. And he's gonna do it even when it's not working because it's just all he's hearing and it's who he is. And it's who he'll never change that, you know. So, um, yeah,
3: I think the thing holding him back, John, you're right, is the injury, yeah. Because if he gets anywhere back to where he was before. I yeah. honestly don't have a problem with them running him 15, 20 plus times per game. Like, yeah, he's he's an electric player. Like, by all means, go do that. Throw it to him. Give him, hand him the ball. He's their he's their best player. I have I have no issue with that at all.
1: Yeah, and the, the other thing I would throw in is their offensive line. They've got a they they started uh, Matt Skura at left guard, and this was is he the guy, the guy from Alkaline favorite? Trio? Uh, Kevin Matt Skura. Okay, that's a joke. that guy? I understand.
2: No, there are no, some there's some it? guys pop punk fans out there that thought that was a good joke. Not just you, it was for you, but hopefully somebody out there in Matt Matt Skura. I like Tom a big. I'm way way more into Tom DeLonge than Matt Skura,
1: for sure. Time to waste is the best Alkaline Trio song, um, but Matt Skura, there was their fourth left guard in as many games, but they didn't give up any sacks this week. Somehow they put it together and the saints are a team who can put pressure on you. They had some good pass rushers, Marcus Davenport. And, um, we know that Cameron Jordan and things like that. So, you know, I don't know what their, their offensive line is, is like completely. They've, they've struggled with Andrew Thomas last year, but it feels like he's starting to maybe piece it together a little bit. I'm still a big fan of Will Hernandez. They've invested heavily in their offensive line. I don't know if the Cowboys are gonna get pressure. This is this is an offensive line to me that's better than the Panthers offensive line. So I don't know if the Cowboys are gonna have a five-sack day like they did last week, but it's something to watch there. That left guard, their fourth different left guard in four weeks. Yeah, maybe that's a a place to attack. Um defensively, they're not having Blake Martinez, and I can't believe I'm saying that, really kills their running game, uh their run defense. I mean, I don't know how much the, uh, of that cowboys uh rushing attack like i don't know how long that sustains i don't know if the cowboys are going to be th- running the ball 40 times and throwing the ball 25 times i know I'm around that area right i don't think that's going to happen most games but I don't, man i don't either that run defense for the giants is not awesome so i do think you've got a chance to really score on the ground again too
3: I don't think they are either going to run it that much, but, and I know this has only been for a limited number of plays, and maybe I'm reading too much into this, but that getting Connor McGovern out there at fullback is not going away. And there's clearly a reason they're doing that. And so, you know, for all everybody wants to talk about how, you know, futuristic and innovative and everything Kellen Moore is. Yeah, he's all that too, but he also understands how important it is to run, be able to run, like they like to say, when everybody in the stadium knows they're going to run it. And you're probably not going to do that unless you come up with some other type of plan. And this Connor McGovern thing, obviously, that's not something that he's done in his career before. And I feel like the more he does it, the better that they'll be at it. And it's worked out pretty well up to this point, especially if Tony Pollard and Zeke are both healthy. I don't think that's going away, to be honest with you. So they can sit there and, and you know pick whatever they want to do, depending on what the opponent opposing defense is doing. But With that being said, I think that's going to be part of the package going forward, and that is kind of interesting, especially on third and ones, fourth and ones, down at the goal line. I, I don't know. I really like that wrinkle.
1: Absolutely, and it's not like we've seen a sustained amount of red zone success yet, and that was a big question coming into this year. Can the Cowboys get a little better in the red zone? Can we stop settling for field goals and things like that? Let's really get some touchdowns. It looks good so far, right, through four games. We haven't seen the sustained level of success yet. It's one month. If they know, can so run it in the red a,
3: zone, you'll see it. If they can run You'll see it. The, if, they, if they have that success there like they did in 2016, you'll see that red zone, uh, the, well, the touchdown rate, you'll see that be up there with some of the best in the league. It's that I feel like over the last few years, because they weren't running the ball as well, you'd get down to the red zone and they would be leaning past. And now I don't think – I think see, it's closer to 50-50 now. now.
2: When you, before when you get to the red zone, you'd be like, oh, okay, here's Dez. Or all right, here's Jason Witten. It's now it's just like, is Dak gonna run it? Is it gonna be Zeke? Is Dalton Schultz out there? You've got Jarwin. You've got CD. You've got uh, Amari. You've got Michael Gallup. Sometimes out there, Cedric Wilson's playing really well. Everybody's like at the absolute peak of their game right now. So it's like you can't account
3: for everybody. There's just not enough bodies. Right, and that and that certainly helps, and that's a big part of it. No question but there's also the part of like, I'm talking about when I say red zone, I'm not talking about inside the 20. I'm talking about when you get inside the 10, your passing game is limited because the field's so much smaller. Amari's talked about this before. It's like, yeah, when you have 50 yards of grass in front of you, that DB knows that there is just every route in the tree you can run. Well, when you get down there and you're inside your own 10, there's certain routes that he knows you're not running. And so because of that, you have to kind of, to make up for it, you have to be able to at least have some success running the football in the red zone. It doesn't have to be the only thing you do down there, but you have to be able to run the ball in the red zone when they know you're going to run the ball in the red zone. And I think that the Cowboys have shown, especially over these last two weeks, that they can do that.
1: I think that ten catch game from Ceedee Lamb is coming at some point too. You know, uh, obviously we've had a couple of games it's like for the tight ends or the or the or the big uh, the big the, the guys leading the team in receptions and things like Good that. That yeah. could happen again. Yeah. But like that, that that big we've seen it from Omari already. That ten catch game or eight, 9 10 catch game from Ceedee Lamb is is going to happen at some point. And look out, it's going to be a lot of fun when that happens. So I um I, I I'll I mean we're doing picks. I, I I think the Cowboys are going to win this thing handily. I truly do. I, the the one worrisome thing for me is that the fight is there from the Giants. They came back and won that game in New Orleans that, quite frankly, they didn't have any business winning. And they won that game because they didn't give up and they shifted into go, go, go mode because they had to. I I think there's something to be said for that and the way that team fought. So that's that's my one concern there. There's still some internal strife happening there that does involve the former Cowboys head coach. And I think that's a problem as well. I got Cowboys 35, Giants 17.
3: I'm a little bit closer to you on that. Uh I think it still be a game in the fourth quarter. Um but I think it'll be something closer to 31-21 and I do think Jason Garrett will have some plays they'll run that they haven't ran all season. Um this is the perfect type of week where he will he'll talk about how this isn't, you know, anything bigger or whatever. It is bigger. He he certainly wants wants to win this game. There will be some things that there'll be Jason Garrett wrinkles though, you know, there'll be like reverses and things like that. It's not going to be anything uh, you know, too crazy, but, uh, I do think that it'll still be, it'll still be a close game in the fourth quarter. But yeah, I just, well, when we do our post game pod, if we're talking about a loss, uh, I'll be fascinated because unless, unless, well, obviously if there's some major injuries or something like that, that, that would change it. But if, of aside from any of that, I just, I, I look at these two teams and I just, I don't think that they're on the, on the same level.
2: Yeah, I'm going uh I'm going Cowboys as well by ten. And so I'll go thirty to twenty. And I'm with you, John. You know, you can say this is a business all day, but I know for a fact when Jason Garrett's standing on that sideline, he looks out there and he sees his offensive line that he drafted with Dak Prescott and Amari Cooper and Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott and all these guys, it's this is big. This is big for him. It's three o'clock game on a Sunday, week four, Cowboys-Giants. Things are going to be amped up, and I'm, I'm really excited for this game. So I'm going Cowboys 30, Giants 20, and expecting, uh, expecting a lot, expecting
1: fireworks. Well, it's going to be fun. 3.25 at AT&T Stadium. 3.25. We get the afternoon. Do we get the Joe and Troy treatment? I believe so. I imagine so. I'll tell you right now.
2: Rank your preference on play-by-play uh, pairings. So we've got, you know, obviously we've got Nance and Romo. We've got Joe and Troy. And let's throw Monday Night Monday night uh, Eli, the Elis into there. Of those three, who who you like to watch? For me, um, it's going to be And then be we got anything- Al,
3: Al and Chris. Throw Al and Chris in there, too. Ooh, okay. For me, and, and I don't expect anybody else to agree with this, If you whatever. But for me personally— it's Peyton Manning is number one. I just am fascinated by anything he talks about. I have heard others say that kind of with the way that their broadcast is, it takes away from like really watching the game, that it's more fun to watch them when they're talking about when your team's not playing. Uh, so I understand that, but for me, it it would be Peyton. Um, I would say next would be Aikman and Joe Buck. Then it would be Romo and Nance and then Al Michaels. And, if Al Michaels was paired with Romo or Aikman, I think I would move them up that up to the two spot. I do like Al Michaels a lot, but I I, I prefer the former Cowboys quarterback and their and their takes when it's when it comes to a Cowboy game. But yeah, and by the way, it, it is uh, this week. It will be Joe Buck, Troy Aikman, and uh, Aaron Andrews.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a weird window. So you get the you get the eight thirty a.m. game in London, which by the way, I'm a fan of um everyone's a fan of that right isn't it fun to get up early and watch bad football i don't i don't think the people
3: on the uh on the west coast are i mean it was just it was kind of bizarre for me. well not on the
1: west coast yeah Yeah.
3: like it was just bizarre like being out there for the Chargers game a couple weeks ago and they're just advertising these (laughs) 10 o'clock in the morning starts and i mean that's fine don't get me wrong i mean i would still watch if i lived out there but um yeah, I don't think that they're. In, I don't think that unless you're just a dire football fan, you're probably not waking up on the West Coast to watch that. But I forgot that they even had a game in London. To be honest with you,
1: you're not watching Falcons and Jets at eight thirty. Come on, man. That's I am. A I'm fan. saying I can
3: see how most people aren't.
1: Oh yeah, <laughs> I, I'm walked into Greg Gumbel and Adam Archuleta. Yeah, man. I don't um, have a life. Yeah, I um I would like to say to, to answer your question, that Kent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I still prefer Joe and Troy. Uh, hey, I'm a Joe Buck fan. I know there's people who, for yeah, some reason, don't. Man, I think Joe Buck's really, really good. He's very self-aware. I like every um, single
3: person in that group. I, I like, um, I like Collinsworth. Too, yeah, I, I, I have nothing I against to, I, Collinsworth. I, I, yeah, and... I,
2: I, I found myself like really enjoying Collinsworth uh, sometimes, and he seemed he was he'd probably be the like last seed if we were seeding everybody for a tournament on that list. You know, for most, yeah, on most list, and there's yeah. nothing wrong with him. I think he's uh A a nine out of a 10, probably, in terms of what you want for a color uh, commentator. So, yeah, I mean, Tony Romo just brings an interesting perspective. You're right. I just think the dynamic with Peyton and Eli, the humor, them just constantly ribbing each other the entire time. Like the other What's week it? when There's Peyton was honest. like, "Was like Eli? Why are you wearing a green sweater on an Eagles broadcast? That's super weird. <laughs> like, why are you doing this?" He's like, "Didn't you wear that shirt last week, uh, Peyton? You know, and the whole like that's the only helmet that would fit you, and all that kind of stuff."
3: I, think, I will say, I think I did not we're gonna have start to,
2: with with Zoom becoming a thing that people accept now at home, like when they're watching TV and they see two people on Zoom, basically on TV as a TV show. People like accept that in their mind as like this is what TV is now. So you're going to maybe see a lot more of that kind of stuff, experimenting with broadcasting and stuff. I know they're doing the Nickelodeon game for kids and stuff like that. Um, But I think it opens a huge door for the NFL, the fact that this Peyton and Eli thing has gone over so
3: well. The only thing I'll say about that is that it'll have to be an alternative option because the NFL
1: runs the show
3: in American sports. And when you want to watch a game,
1: Oh, alternative programming is what want, I
3: mean. Like, yeah, but uh, but, the, oh, yeah having, yeah,
2: having like their own app, doing their own thing with with player
3: commentary and and illustration live over the right, game right. all
2: 22. But I'm saying like kind of when
3: you really want to watch Cowboys versus Packers, like with the season on the line, you really don't Care about the jokes and the other stuff. That is true. You don't want to watch that the for game. An important game. You don't basically. really want to. But now, week one, week two, week three, whatever. I'll tell you, I, I'm not. I didn't think Eli was going to be great on TV. I, I think he's okay. Obviously, if he wasn't a two time Super Bowl champion, I don't think he'd carry as much weight. But I was pretty surprised that he got up and did that. Did that Dac dance and said that I'm like Shakira. These hips don't lie and stuff. Like I did not expect that out of him at all. And that's fun. And I and I get that. But when it's like a big game. I don't know that people are going to want that stuff going on because you are locked into what's going on in the field. You don't really care about the other stuff.
2: If it's the Super Bowl, what? I think give me give me Nance and Romo for the Super Bowl. I think that's probably the best one-two punch of solid solid play-by-play guy and then
3: color guy that's going to give you something fun but informative. Yeah, I'd go with Aikman and, and, and Buck on that, but I think it's very close.
2: I love Aikman too. I mean, obviously he's a legend and – Probably deserves way more credit. Definitely deserves way more credit in the TV game than he's ever received uh, when it comes to Emmys and things like that.
3: Yeah, if you said that I'm getting picks, like I'm probably taking my number one overall pick would be Peyton Manning. And I and I wouldn't expect that to be for everybody. I just, that's the like level I have him at. The only player I think I'd even, only person I think I'd even pick over him would be like if, if I guess if Tom Brady was going to do it and he was going to be open about it. But even him, he might not be as good as, as Peyton Manning is with the jokes and things like that. But number two is Troy Aikman. And that's out of everybody. Like I, I think Troy Aikman's outstanding. What about Jason Witten? Uh, I don't think Jason <laughs> Witten is true. as bad as I don't I think, think Jason Witten is as bad, is, I sorry, as, bad was, as, yep. as I mean uh that the crew that he was with uh He was put up, up to know, fa- it put up in a position to fail
2: because yeah when you talk about
3: when you talk about how you know, you don't have any issue with any of those groupings when you mentioned Collinsworth, whatever. Even if that is your last pick, yeah, you wouldn't be saying that about that crew that Witten was with. At least I, I wouldn't be. Yep. They wouldn't be in this conversation. Right,
2: maybe broadcaster tears coming next next season on the Athletic uh, about them Cowboys podcast. We'll add that to the tears list, maybe.
1: All right. So we'll be we'll see you on Sunday night after the Cowboys and Giants play for Week Five. For Father John Mishota, the man with the plan, back on the scene with the gangsta lean. Ooh, I like For that. For our producer, Kent Garrison.
2: Sorry about
1: I'm out, I'm out of rhymes. We'll see you guys next time on About Them Cowboys. I mean, watch the film.